Today I want to preach, and, and, and um, I can't remember the title of my sermon now, from Wednesday. She's hiding from me. I'll look back and see if she can remember. Peyton, you remember what it was? Anybody that's here Wednesday remember what it was? It's powerful. You can't forget it, right? <laughs> anyway, I talked about Paul and Silas a little bit, and uh, it got me thinking. And I want to give you a little backdrop to our text today. We're going to be reading in Acts chapter 12, verse number 5. I'm in the New King James Version. A little background to this text today. King Herod was persecuting the church, okay? He killed James, the brother of John, and he saw that this pleased the Jews. So uh, because it pleased them, he decided to take Peter and Peter would be the next one on his hit list. So he arrests Peter, puts him in prison. And it, by the way, this marks the third time Peter's been put in prison. Wow. He probably had his own prison clothes at home just to take them with him. King Herod assigned 16 soldiers to watch Peter. 16. He was dangerous. Dangerous. 16 of them. Four to each shift. And I want to begin reading in verse 5 of chapter 12 of the book of Acts. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Hallelujah. There's a lot of meat in these little scriptures. There's three scriptures here. And we're going to get into it just a little bit today. I want you to pray for me that the Holy Ghost will move on me. His anointing, his glory will flow through me. And that you'll receive exactly what you're here for today. You're not here by accident. You're here to receive what God has for you. I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, I ask you for these people, Lord, that their ears will be open to your word. Their eyes will be open to see what you're talking to us about today. I'm asking you, Lord, to move on each and every heart, Lord, that they'll receive the word, Lord, that will take root in their hearts today and go forth out of this place doing your will. I ask you, Lord, right now to anoint my lips of clay, Lord, as I speak, Lord, that I'll say nothing from my own heart, Lord, but everything that comes from you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want to preach to you for a few moments with the subject, there's going to be a jailbreak. Can you say it with me? There's going to be a jailbreak. Say it loud. There's going to be a jailbreak. There we go. I told them yesterday, I said, if I had an orange jumpsuit to put on, I'd have wore it today. You know I would have. Freedom is something as Americans that we take for granted. Amen? Freedom is something we take for granted. We want everything done our way. We're Americans. Went over to Europe. When I was in Europe, I was frustrated by the European way. It wasn't the American way. Americans have a way they want it done, and they want it done now. Example A. Fast food. You drive through the lot, you pull up to the, the little thing, and you speak into it. And you want them to hear you clearly, 
pay attention to you the first time. Everybody that's working, I'm going to tell them, everybody that's working them, them headsets, usually they're multitasking, and they're not listening to you. I'll just say it right off the bat. They're not. I want a cheeseburger. I want a Coke. I want a fry. They say, now what was that? You have a headset on. You heard everything I just said, but you didn't pay attention. I can't make the McDonald manager, managers mad at me. Just saying. They'll take the McRib back off the menu, so I can't say anything. But we're Americans. We're that way. My mom took Ferris to Burger King, I believe it was, and they pulled into the drive-thru, and she got up to the, the, to the little speaker, and she starts telling them what she wants, and nobody responded. She looked over at Ferris and said, nobody's, nobody's saying anything. She tells them again. No answer. Then she looks over and realizes she still hasn't rolled her window down. Well, we're Americans. We love our freedom. We take it for granted, though. We enjoy living in a time where we have the freedom to do and be whoever we want to be. We call it the American dream. Right now, we have the freedom to pray to our almighty God. Right now, we have the freedom to read and study God's word. Right now, we enjoy the freedom to come to church and to worship in spirit and in truth. Guess what? We need to take advantage of these privileges. We, we need to take advantage of these privileges we have here in the United States. Right now, we can go to church whenever we want to go. We can. And there's no shortage of churches to attend. I don't even know how many churches in Greenbar, but it's a bunch. It's a bunch. I believe there's coming a day when here in America our freedoms are going to be infringed upon. Well, preacher, you're just doomsday and you're just bad news and depressing. No, I'm just trying to prepare you for what's going on. Somebody said you're a prepper. No, I'm not a prepper. Although I think I have about 10 boxes of ramen noodles, so I don't know if that says anything about me. But Right now we can go to church whenever we want to, but I believe there's a day coming that people will wish they had attended God's house a whole lot more than they are. I believe there's going to come a day when people wish they would have read their Bibles a whole lot more and come to church and been in the presence of God and heard the worship and heard the singing, heard the preaching, and just the fellowship of the saints. There's going to come a day where you wish you did it more. I believe we will regret every opportunity lost to come together with the saints of God and worship Him. To come together as His words instructed us to do. So many people want to say, I'm a believer. They're not a real believer because believers go to church. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. He said, obey my commandments. It's in the Word. It's a commandment to go to church. Wow, you're here. I'm not getting on to you. You should have been saying a big amen. So that's right, Pastor. You're right. I've read that before. We have the freedom to come and go. But who knows when this will end. We already saw during the pandemic how things can be shut down at a moment's notice. And I heard some of the biggest stories of my life during that pandemic. Pastor, when the church opens up, I'll never miss again. You heard I said stories. They were, they were stories. They were fables because them people are not here today. Well, we'll move on. Peter was apprehended just for being a Christian. He was sought out by King Herod because he had killed James, one of the disciples, and the Jews liked it. They liked it. He's taking care of these boys. So maybe he was trying to gain favor with the Jewish leadership by imprisoning Peter, but whatever the case, he was persecuting the church. 
But when we read about our text today, we realize God answers prayers. Did you notice that? The saints, the church was praying for Peter. Hallelujah. Herod was ready to kill him. That next morning, Peter was in jail, and the next morning, he's going to kill him. He, he's, he's on the, the he's on the uh, what, what is that called? The, what? He's on the docket, y'all. I like that one. Death row. I heard it back there. Death row. He's on death row. He's, he's going to die this next morning. Well, Peter was locked up. Herod was ready to kill him. But constant prayer was going up for Peter's sake. You know, you ever heard that term, for Pete's sake? Maybe that's what this was all about. For Pete's sake. We need to be praying. The church was praying for safety, for protection, for the life of Peter. I want you to know that if people of God will get back to believing, get back to trusting, get back to praying, the same kind of miracle is going to happen today that happened in this, what we read here in the world. All right, we read here in the Word. When we get back to praying until we get an answer, when we get back to praying without being discouraged because it's taking too long, it's not going to happen when we thought it was going to happen. God's timing is not like our timing. God, you're not hurrying up. You're not doing it fast enough for me. And so we get discouraged. We get tired of praying. It is right. When we get back to praying and make up our mind that nothing's going to detour us, nothing's going to stop us, even when we don't see God working, he's still working. (laughs) Even when we don't feel him moving, he's still moving. How many has ever come to a spot where you didn't feel God? I have. It's the most miserable feeling you'll ever feel in your life. I'll go a step further. I've been to places where I could feel God, but not the way I wanted to feel God. I knew there was more, and I couldn't get more. Let me just tell you, this is not my note. Do you know that's your fault? That's my fault? Because God's willing. He's willing to pour his spirit out on us if we'll take the time to have intimate worship with him, intimate praise with him. That's just a side note. Well, God's still working even when we don't see him working. He's still moving when we don't see him moving. Or even when we don't feel like answers are coming quickly enough, they're still coming. Even when we don't see any way out of the situation, there's still a way out. God still works when nothing else will. Let me me take that a step further. God likes to work when nothing else will. When you've come to the end of yourself, turn to God. So many times we could get to God a whole lot quicker, but we try everything else up on our own. We want to try it within ourselves. Well, I'll just do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And then finally we'll pray about it. Well, stick your toes underneath the pew. It'll be all right. Even when we don't see any way out of situations, God still has ways out of the situation. God's still working with nothing else will. God still saves our loved ones when we don't see how it can ever be. God still heals what man says is a death sentence. God still provides when there's no hope in sight. God is still God. He's still sitting on his throne. Nobody has overpowered him. He hasn't given his authority to anyone. God is still God over every situation, circumstances, problems, and troubles you may have. Amen. Listen to this, Isaiah 43 and 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's pretty impressive right there. That's pretty impressive. A God that can make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert sounds like a God that can shake a prison. (laughs) 
Sounds like a God that can shake prison doors, break chains off the captive, and deliver his people from bondage. Hallelujah. I believe there's about to be a jailbreak here today. The Spirit of God laid this in my heart, and I believe that there's people here today that needs a jailbreak. They need a prison break. They need a break out of the bondages. They need the chains to fall off their life. They need the angel of the Lord to come down and tap them on the shoulder and say, Get up. It's time to walk out of this prison. Well, Peter didn't see a way out. As you can imagine, we read these stories in the Word of God, and sometimes we think of these things as just stories. This is history also. This had really happened. How would you feel if this was you? That's the easy way to do this. How would you feel if 16 guys were assigned to guard you? I'd be feeling pretty tough. That's pretty cool. They're that afraid of me. That's pretty cool. 16 dudes. And not only that, I'm sitting in this prison, in the inner prison, okay? And I'm sitting there, and I'm chained up to two guards. So if I go, they're going with me. But we got to get past them two guards. Then we got to get past the gates. We got to go. There's so many obstacles here. Peter didn't see a way out. He was in the inner prison, surrounded by soldiers. The Bible says he was chained to two guards while two other guards watched the door. You came too late, though, to tell Peter that God can't work out in his situations. <laughs> I believe that's what's wrong with a lot of people today. They believe God did it in the Bible, but they don't believe God can do it for them now. I didn't see him do it for me lately, so I don't believe he's going to do it for me. He hasn't changed. He's a God that he says he's never changing. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, so who's changed? Getting ahead of myself, Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So what he once did... That means what God has done for you or other people in the past, he'll do it again for all of us here in the present and the future. Peter had seen too many miracles to be worried about what was going on right now. Peter knew if God didn't deliver him, he had a purpose for what he was going through. Peter was so confident in God, the scripture says that while he was in the inner prison, Chained to two guards, two more guards watching the door, knowing that the mo- in the morning the king was going to kill him. Peter was so calm about his circumstances, Peter was asleep. Wow. I think if that would happen to me, I would be bug-eyed. I don't think rest would have come to me so easily. Peter was resting. He was fast asleep while the minutes ticked down on his life. That's an incredible story. That's, that's an incredible testimony. Can you imagine the testimony he has that even when he's facing death, he's not worried about it. He's not worried about what's going to happen. to him. He's leaving it all in God's hand. Worry, what's the Bible say about worry? We can't change one thing. So why are we worried about it? Why are we letting anxiety have its way in our life? We can't change anything, but God can. But God can. Hallelujah. Well, well. In a time of his life when he should have been afraid, when he should have been nervous, when he should have been filled with anxiety, Peter was asleep. Peter was asleep. He was resting in the knowledge of God. If you and I would take a clue, take a cue, take, a, take an example from Peter and put our trust in God the way he did, 
how much more would we be resting in the middle of our trouble? Don't tell me you're not here and you don't have troubles. If you're here, if you're breathing, how many humans do we have in here? Looks like a room full. All right. Each and every one of us is human. That means you have trouble. The Bible says in this life you're going to have trouble, but don't, don't worry about it. I've overcome it. I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus is telling us. So I know you have troubles. I know you have problems. I know you have circumstances in your life. So this is speaking right to you. I want you to understand because any kind of trouble, any kind of problem, any kind of circumstances can be a prison sentence. Can put you in chains and sometimes you don't even know it. Knowing what we know about God, knowing how faithful he is, knowing how caring he is, knowing how loving he is, we should have the faith to prophesy there's about to be a jailbreak in this house today. Hallelujah. Someone might hear this and think, I'm not in prison. Too many times we are so caught up with the different things in life, we don't even realize we're in prison. We don't realize we're in change. Any, anything can imprison you. And anytime God brings you through something, you just made a jailbreak. I promise you, you've made a jailbreak before. I promise you've made a jailbreak before. I know it because I have myself. I'm no different from you. Well... The enemy wants us keep. He wants to keep us locked up in prison. He wants us to keep us uh, locked up in the prison of our mind. He wants us uh, locked up in the prison of our attitude. I spoke a couple of weeks ago about the doors of our heart. We want to just lock them things away. We don't want to deal with them things. Uh, you know, the devil wants to lock us up in the prison of our past, the prison of our failed relationships. He wants to keep your mouth shut. He understands what happens when a Christian starts praising the Lord, so he wants to keep your mouth shut. The devil doesn't want you to praise the Lord, doesn't want you to pray, doesn't want you to read the word, to be in church. And all that becomes a prison when he can, when he can put bondage and put chains on you and affect you in that way. I just want you to know today there's going to be a jailbreak. There's going to be a jailbreak. I want you to know that there is freedom through Jesus Christ. There's freedom in this house today. I've already felt his presence. There's freedom here today. Glory. There's freedom from the chains that have bound us. There's freedom from our past. There's freedom from our financial problems. There's freedom from feeling inadequate, not good enough, not holy enough. There is freedom from the addiction that you never thought you could be free from. There's going to be a jailbreak this morning because the freedom maker is Jesus Christ, and he's here today. His presence is here today. Glory. While the saints were praying, Peter was sleeping. Guess what? God was working. <laughs> Saints praying, the church praying, Peter sleeping, but God was working. The Bible says that the saints were praying without stopping. King James Version says, says uh, without ceasing. They continually prayed. I want to tell the church, prayer is still the weapon we cannot afford to lay down. You cannot afford to shut your mouth and stop praying and praising God. It's the greatest weapon at the church's disposal is prayer. While Peter was sleeping, the saints were still praying. Do you know why Peter wasn't afraid? Anybody? There is a real simple answer to this, why he wasn't afraid. Yeah, he, he trusted God. He believed God. But listen what he trusted in God. John 21 and 18. Does anybody know what it says? Jesus was talking to him. He told him he wasn't going to die young. He said he's going to 
be old in his age. Jesus was prophesying some things to him. That's why John wasn't, or that's why Peter wasn't worried about it. He already had this promise. He had a promise. I'm not going to die young. I sit in this prison. Ain't no big deal to me. Because I know I'm not going to die in this situation. He wasn't worried because the Lord had told him that he would not die young, but old. We need to remember the promises that God has spoken to us and to trust God to keep his promises. I've got promises in my life that God promised to me that I forget about and I get worried about until I remember once again, he's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's not going to go back on his promises. Hallelujah. Here's how simple it was. When we believe that nothing is impossible for God, we'll see miraculous miracles. When we believe that nothing's impossible for God, too many times we try to work things out. God, you can move this way. You can move that way. I see how you could send this person in. I see how you do this. We're trying to figure it out for God, give him our blueprints and say, go to work, God. It doesn't work that way. Trust, faith, believe. Try to count that in your Bible. How many times you read that? You're going to find out it's a bunch. Listen at this, Luke 137. For with God, nothing is impossible. <laughs> nothing is impossible. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Wow, can we get two people to agree in here today that there's going to be a jailbreak? <laughs> Hallelujah. So Peter's asleep, the prayer warriors are praying, and the angel of the Lord came to the prison and stood by Peter. The Bible says that uh, there was a light that shined down into the prison. And, and in the King James Version, it said the angel smote Peter. I don't know how hard of a smote that was. Smote was one of them funny words I've told you before. I, I really like it, but I don't know if that was a, a gentle tap. I don't know if he slapped him across the face. I don't know what that was. But he smote Peter, slapped him or touched him. I don't know how hard of a sleeper Peter was. Maybe he was, a, he was sleeping good. He was snoring away. He wasn't worried about anything, so we don't know. But guess what? He told him, said, get up. Told Peter, said, get up. And his chains fell off of him. Man. Can I tell you, if you'll listen to what I'm preaching to you this morning, you can, you can be free from whatever has you bound. You can be free from whatever you don't even, sometimes we don't even know some of the things that, that's holding us back. In that song we just sung a minute, it said that something about the religion. What was it? Shake up the ground of all my traditions. Break down the walls of all my religion. We can be so religious about things that we're, we're no earthly good because we're, we're so godly, we're so holy, we're so this and that. I can tell you, do you know you can be religious about anything? My grandma would not get out of bed until she had, was it two cups of coffee? Two cups of coffee. She was a religious coffee drinker. My grandpa would get up, he'd go fix the coffee, and after two cups, she would get up and start her day. That's just religious. That's just a tradition. Well, I'm just saying you can be religious. You can be traditional about anything you want. But guess what? Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. I'll keep moving. I'll keep moving. I'll keep moving. Don't think for a second that the devil isn't or already has, has hatched a plan 
trying to form weapons against you, against me, against the church, against the kingdom of God. He's devising plans to trip you and me up and to put us into prisons of any sort. It could be a prison of negativity. It could be a prison of gossip. It could be a prison of being hateful. Sometimes we're in prison and we don't even know it. We don't even realize it. Well, it's still the truth. Here's, here's I'm going to say a cuss word in, in the church right here. Conviction. Christian's like, oh, I don't want to hear about conviction. That's an ugly word. I don't want to hear about it. Conviction power of the Holy Ghost will come into your prison cell, wake you up, and tell you to rise up quickly. Now, you never thought of it that way, I'm sure. I didn't think of it that way. But the Holy Ghost, when he convicts us about something, we're, being, we're becoming bound by something. He's letting us know this is not the right way to go. He's tapping you on the shoulder. He's trying to wake you up and let you know, come on out of this prison. I'm going to break these chains off of you right now. Well, I'm about to close. Shelly, if you could come back, I'd appreciate it. Wednesday, I talked about Paul and Silas and how they were locked up in prison and uh, the prison bars, that was their trouble. The chains they were in, that was their trouble. Uh, they were in prison for preaching the word and, and, and probably mostly for delivering someone from uh, satanic forces, someone that was demon-possessed. They delivered that girl, and it made them mad because that girl was making them money. And so they put Paul and Silas in prison. They were in a situation no one could get them out of. Once again, we see... Men that were willing to go through whatever God wanted them to go through. And that was Paul and Silas in this moment. We may not understand different trials that we face. But we can also, we can always know that God knows what's best for us and how to deliver us out of it. God has a plan. If you're walking through something right now that feels like a prison, God has a plan for you to go on through to the other side. Right? Well, we don't see it a lot of times. We can't see it because things like I said it Wednesday so magnified, so right in our face, we don't see the solution because the problem's so big in front of us. At midnight, at one of their darkest times, they didn't sit around and complain. Paul and Silas didn't sit around and complain. This wasn't fair. We were doing what God called us to do. Here we are in prison. Can't even get called to the lawyers. I mean, I'm in trouble here. I'm bound up. I don't even read where they tried to escape. They just trusted God. They begin to sing praises to God. We all know what happened. When they begin to praise God, it's the same thing that happens when we, when we begin to praise God. <laughs> we just don't see it like it was written in the Bible. When we begin to praise God, change start coming off of our life. Change start coming off our life. Try it. Try it. See what happens. Get into an attitude of worship. Start worshiping God and see if things don't start falling off. The biggest things in your life, the biggest worries, the problems, the trouble, all of a sudden they don't seem that great anymore because we've made God greater. God will send an earthquake into your circumstances so that the foundation of your prison is shaken. So that the doors of the prison will be opened. So that the chains will be loosened off of us. When Paul and Silas were singing praises, suddenly there was a great earthquake. 
so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. The song says that God is a chain breaker, a miracle worker. My God, that's who you are. (laughs) He is my God and that's who he is. It wasn't in my text, but I wanted to read this this part of of, uh, this verse. And I'm going to close with this right here. Peter is loose from his chains in chapter 7, or excuse me, in verse number 7. And then in chapter number 8, reading this, I was reading this chapter the other day, and, and it just really hit me. He, he taps him, he smotes him, wakes him up, says, rise quickly. He does that. And then the next verse says this. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garments and follow me. I want to read that to you in, in the God's Word version. It says, the angel told him, put your shoes on, get ready to go. Peter did this. Then the angel told him, put on your coat and follow me. All right? This hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought it was very interesting. After the chains fell off, Peter had to get dressed, put on his shoes, put on his coat. It really made me stop to think. Maybe before you can walk out of the prison, you may be loose from the chains. But maybe before you can walk out of the prison, you need to put some clothes on. Ephesians 6 and 11 says this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. God can break the chains off of you, but for you to walk out of that prison, you're going to have to put on some armor. You're going to have to get dressed. You're going to have to put some things on to your life, Right? You're going to have to get ready for the battle because the devil's not going to stop. He's not going to stop attacking. He's going to keep coming after you. Anything worth having is worth fighting for, and he wants you bad. He wants you bad. He wants your mouth shut. He doesn't want you to do the work of the Lord. Guess what? God loves you even more. The devil wants you to shut your mouth, but God loves you. He wants you to be able to open your mouth and to praise him. He wants to be able to do the things he wants to do for you. There's going to be a jailbreak today because God is going to be breaking the chains that bind us here today. God doesn't want, want us to be in prison to anything. And tonight, Today I want you to be honest with yourself. Whatever God's convicting you of, he wants to deliver you from it. Whatever God is convicting you of, he wants to deliver you from it.
I want you to stand with me. There's going to be a jailbreak today. Amen. And guess what? It all depends on you. God's willing, He's able, and He's ready. The question today, are you? Are you willing to break out from your life, from the past, from the things that's holding you back, from whatever's convicting your heart? God wants to deliver you from it. God wants to set you free from it. There's freedom in this place today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for you, where you've led us today. I ask you, Lord, right now for each one of us to examine our own heart. Father, you're speaking to each and every one of us right now. and You're talking to us about the places in our heart, Father, that we need to give to you, that we need to break out of, Father. I'm asking you, Lord, right now, give us the courage, give us the boldness, Lord, to bring these things to you. Lay them on the altar. Give them to you. You'll take whatever we give to you, Father. And right now, I'm asking you, Lord, for you to break these chains. That there's a jailbreak today in the spirit, Father. There's, there's an overcoming uh, power of God that's going to come into the room. It's going to wake us up, Lord. It's going to break the chains off. Not only that, Father, then you're going to lead us out of the prison. Hallelujah. After we're dressed in your spirit. Hallelujah. I thank you for your word. I praise your name. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Saints, would you find your place to pray today? Would you seal this sermon in your heart? Ask God, God, is there anything in my heart you're wanting me to break loose from? Is there something you're wanting to break out of my life that I can draw closer to you? Today, I'm going to give that to you. I want you to wake me up out of my sleep. I want you to wake me up out of this prison and break the chains in Jesus' name.